Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ahoy hoy, welcome to the Second Tier Podcast, it's time for a transfer roundup. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Danny Graham to my Bradley Dack, it's Justin Peach. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm very good, thank you, how are you? I'm great, thank you. How did you spend your Saturday in the melting heat? Staying out of it. Did you? Absolutely. Stayed in the shade, indoors, any way I could, I stayed out of it. That is the way to spend any Saturday where it's too hot, because it was too hot yesterday. Uh, We are going to talk about transfers, because there is a lot to go through. We were just complaining last week that there wasn't much business going on, and then it's all come at us. A transfer bomb. Yeah, exactly. And just, it's been crazy. But we will start, first of all, with managers, because Mm -hmm. there was the kind of shocking announcement, Martin O'Neill's gone. It came out of the blue, didn't it? Yeah. It came out of the blue. It was very, uh, very unexpected. Mm. Um, and they replaced him within 18 minutes. So yeah. that's got to be a record. <laughs> 18 minutes. Sabri Lamushi, I think that's how you say it. He used to be at Wren and he had a pretty decent record. We'll talk about him in a sec. Uh, but do you think this could work out? Uh, well, Forrest have tried it before. They brought in Philip Montagnier. Mm. Didn't work out. Could work out this time, I think. I mean, to be fair, actually, Montagna had a good record at Sociedad. Um, same as Lamucci at um, Ren. So perhaps perhaps it's a more rounded approach. Um, but I think this appointment sort of screams how their transfer policy is, which is sort of agent-influenced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the O'Neill decision wasn't too much of a surprise he wasn't despite him being obviously a forest legend Mm -hmm. he wasn't too popular with not only the fans apparently not the players well yeah there were like it was likened to a a prehistoric uh creature (laughs) yes a dinosaur (laughs) i think is the word you're looking for um it's it's a bit strange isn't it it was a strange appointment in the first place i thought yeah, there were, uh, to be fair, you know, going back to was it January when he got appoint- appointed. Around there, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a strange one bringing in a manager who had a mixed spell with the Irish national team. Mm. Albeit it's a difficult job anyway because the, the amount of talent you've got at your disposal is quite, you know, mainly English players. But he, d- he, doesn't, he doesn't help himself when there's that story. And I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently Seamus Coleman was told he was going to play in midfield for Ireland and he wasn't given any other instructions. Good, good. <laughs> Which, it does show that O'Neill might not be the manager Forrest need if they wanted to go up. No, he's... he's I mean, everyone's so, said the same thing. He's very much a man-manager, quite old school, set in his ways. Doesn't necessarily have the same impact as it used to. You know, there's a completely different generation of players that have come through that, you know... When he was at Aston, than when he was at Aston Villa. So, yeah. you know, you saw you saw cracks when he was at Sunderland. Um, I completely forgot he was at Sunderland. Yeah, weird one. Yeah, um, and obviously being at Ireland for as long as he, as long as he, uh, you know, as long as he was, not really getting them to where they want to be from a national perspective. Um, quite yeah, quite a strange appointment in the first place. Yeah, and as we mentioned, he had apparently fallen out with the players. <clears throat> so much for being a man manager. <laughs> but, yeah, it's he clearly wasn't too popular. I think it's a good decision all around, all around by Forrest. Yeah. And usually I wouldn't praise a decision where they've just replaced someone in 18 minutes because it all seems a bit, mm-hmm. you know... Someone lined up while he's there. Yeah, and... What would you say that's a bit disrespectful? Because they clearly had been talking uh, to Lamushi 
mm-hmm. before when O'Neill was still the man in charge. Well, it's not like Lamucci was just wandering around the city ground at the time that he was he sacked. Might have been. Oh, you never know. He's just been sacked. I'll go in and see if it's uh, see you if there. It's available. Do you want to manage Nottingham Forest? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he um, might have been walking around the city ground. I don't know what he's been up to since he got sacked by Wren. Oh, I, not, not to be disrespectful, but I'd rather be in Wren than Nottingham as a, wow. as a holiday. That is really disrespectful. Almost as disrespectful as talking to another manager when you've already got one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, let's move on to Lamushi then, because as mentioned, he was at Wren. He took yeah. them from fighting relegation to Europe yeah. in the same season that he got appointed, which is impressive. Then mm-hmm. he got sat the season after after a poor run of results. So it's quite hard to tell how this one's going to go. Yeah. I mean, there's always, there's that new manager bounce, you know, when a manager comes in halfway through the season, they do quite well. Obviously, they did very well to get into Europe, but, you know, from, from back near relegation to get into Europe. So, you know, there's always, there's always that that potential to to do well when you first go into a club halfway through a season. Um, whether or not he's made for, a, you know, building a squad, because, you know, looking at Forest's team, the, the average age is quite high. There's a high turnover of players most summers. He got a lot of work to do to get them into sort of playoff contenders. Mm. Well, before I was, I thought last season Forest obviously did quite a bit of business, yeah. and people were saying, "Oh, this is going to be the new Wolves mm-hmm. because they signed all these players from abroad, and yeah. it clearly didn't work out." Yeah. And I thought that would be a building block towards this season, mm-hmm. and this would be the season they really had to go. And if that was going to happen, O'Neill was not the man no and Lamushi might be the man might be because we don't know how it's going to mm-hmm. go but it was definitely not going to happen under O'Neill because no, no, no. as we've as we've already mentioned he is just not with it anymore no he's, he? the game's the game's passed him by I think yeah it's... and I, I I've got to say I'm much more optimistic now about Forest chances this season of getting in the playoffs because I presume that would be their aim absolutely yeah it's a, they're a big club in the championship uh one that have I'd say been there or thereabouts. They've always been touted before the season to at least compete to get into the playoffs. Um, you know, but the, the players that they've got, especially players like Carvalho and Graben, Lolly, yeah, Joe Lolly. Um, you know, if they can keep them them around, obviously Villa was sniffing around Lolly, mm. apparently. Um, as if they can keep those players around, they've got a good building block. But as I say, the, the average age of that squad is is relatively high. But Forest have always had a good turnover of sort of youngsters coming into the squad so hopefully they can yeah sort of build from there as well yeah and they've also brought in Sammy Amiobi which means <laughs> Forest for the league <laughs> but we'll talk about him in a sec let's move on to the other news that is probably the biggest managerial news of the week second biggest managerial mm-hmm. news of the week that's the situation at Derby Chelsea have finally been given permission to talk to Frank Lampard. But, but we, have they approached Lampard yet? <laughs> nobody knows. It's taken so long, hasn't it? And I can understand why Derby fans are getting frustrated about this because it is almost hampering the start of their pre-season preparations, isn't it? It's fast cool, but Chelsea did the same thing last season with Sarri. They didn't appoint him until very late in pre-season. That, that was a legal thing, though, wasn't it? I suppose, but now they're sort of... It's this, it's a similar sort of process now, and it's also dragging Derby into the mix. So Derby can't prepare how most clubs have done. You know, we're looking at teams like Bristol City and uh, and Stoke have made a huge amount of signings in the last week. They're clearly well underway in their preparation, whereas Derby haven't even got started yet. Yeah, so. they brought in Andrew Shinney, but that was Graham Shinney. Graham Shinney. He's brought his, Andrew Shinney at Luton. Graham Shinney is. They brought him in, but he was sorted out before the playoff final, I think, wasn't he? Yeah. And now Derby's sole focus is just trying to sort out this Lampard situation. Mm-hmm. And it quite surprised me, actually, that Mel Morris said on a radio station the other day that they've not spoken to anyone yet. Did that surprise you? Yeah, I, I always think back to Swansea's um, sort of method to replace managers they always had a short list of managers so when Martinez left I think it was Paolo Sosa came in mm. um, when he left uh, I might be missing somebody out but there was, a, there was a good turnover of managers with the same sort of ethos of good football player from the back etc obviously Brendan Rodgers as well um, so obviously they had a they had a, a, a list ready up and it, knowing that Lampard was always going to take this Chelsea job 
it did surprise me that the, that Melmore said that they haven't got anybody queued up, basically. Yeah, yeah, and just wary of uh, being hypocritical because I did just say <laughs> Forrest might have been a bit <laughs> yeah, disrespectful yeah. for talking to Lamusha when they had O'Neill, but they are letting their manager talk to someone else. Yeah. So I'd have thought Derby would have seen this and thought, right, let's start cracking on. Let's, yeah, let's get sorted. I, I guess, I guess there's the. Do you think it's Mel Morris trying to say? Actually, we still think we can keep Lampard. Potentially, he's he's got to show face in 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 two different ways. So he's got to he's got to look like he's still fighting for Lampard, i.e., offering him a contract, saying that we're not got anybody lined up, etc. And on the other side of it, they've got to say, you know, we're working hard to get things sorted. But I think everything that's led up to now is to prompt Chelsea to say, look, you want him, get him, then we can get going. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it just surprises me because I, I'd have thought they would have started talking to other managers by now, but, you know, it's like... It's difficult when someone's it, in a job, I guess. Yeah, but if you don't start looking to buy some new to- toilet roll until you've finished your current bog roll, then you can end up with shit on your arse, aren't you? So uh, That's a bit of a weird one, but... I, <laughs> I, I, I get the logic, yeah. Yeah, well, let, let's talk about the replacements then because mm. there's been... Loads of talk about who is going mm-hmm. to be the successor to Lamps. Uh, Steven Gerrard is one person who's been linked with it. That's been rubbished already. Are we playing England bingo? Yes, essentially. Phil Neville! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we asked Derby fans about that on Twitter. That got a bit of a mixed response. Yeah. I can't see that happening, though, really. I mean, he's, he's done a decent job with the England ladies. The, obviously, the style of play for the England ladies is very much... Um, hard work, good football. They're very set in the ways, though. They're very, they're, they're quite tactically. Uh, uh, what's the word? I'm looking Bridget. For? Yeah. Um, so perhaps not the one we're looking for, especially at Championship football, where you've got to be quite fluid with your tactics and your formations and your style of play. So you've got to mix it up quite often to get the you know results against certain teams. I feel like he's going to just be one of those managers who links, who's linked with every position that's available. I guess until he's. And unless he until he takes a, a job in sort of men's football, yeah, it's, the joy is always going to be out there, I guess. Yeah, uh, well, the current favourites are Darren Moore, who we've mm-hmm. already spoken about before. Yeah. He was evens this morning, but he's drifted a bit. An interesting one who's come in is Philip Koku. Yeah, nine to four, he is second favourite. Where the hell's that come from? Yeah, uh, yeah, left field again, isn't it? I mean, it's hard to sort of gauge how good. Philip Cocker would be given that he um, his previous experiences in the Eredivisie which is an e- I wouldn't say an easy league but it's one of them leagues that teams it's the big four teams yeah, yeah. and whichever of those big four teams is performing well yeah. at that time you're not getting tested every week no, no. I know what you mean uh, okay well let's move on then quickly to rush through the two appointments that have happened since we last did a transfer mm-hmm. roundup. that is Grant McCann has gone to yep. Hull. Is that worse than what they had with Nigel Adkins? Um, Nigel Adkins has got a lot of championship experience, did well with the Hull team last season, got the best out of Bowen. Grant McCann is untested in the championship. Did well with Doncaster with what he had. Yeah, didn't took do, them from 15th to 6th. Yeah, didn't it, do very well with Peterborough and obviously was sat by Peterborough. I, it doesn't leave me feeling too optimistic about Hall's chances next season. Again, well, I think we've already mentioned that it, it it very much is banked on whether or not Bowen is still there. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't been linked with many teams, so he probably will still mm-hmm. be there. And the other one is Jonathan Woodgate, who's gone to mm-hmm. Middlesbrough. Uh, this has been called the cheap option by Borough fans. Would you agree? Um, I thought about this. Um, I was sort of thinking... Well, it's obviously a cheap option in the fact that they've not had to pay any compensation. His contract might not be as high as, say, if they brought in Chris Hewton or someone of relative championship experience. So it's cheap in that sense. But I think Steve Gibson's gone with someone that he can trust. Obviously, Woodgate's a Borough lad. He's played for Borough quite recently. Was a coach at Borough. Gibson knows him well. You know, perhaps it's a, a good choice in in that sense rather than a cheap option. Well, it does seem like the cheap option because they've only got 13 or 14 players after they released the basic squad for the pre-season games and there was only 
there was loads of players on there, but you had to go through them to actually see which ones are yeah. first team players. It's <laughs> it's an interesting position. I didn't realise Middlesbrough were so short on the ground in terms of players. Well, obviously there was a summer longest with the DR Congo at the African Nations. Um, I think Johnny Housen's having a his third kid. Okay, like fair play. So there are a couple of gaps, but they make sense. Like they're not missing players as such. So. Congratulations to Johnny Housen. Let's talk transfers. Stoke have gone crazy. Yeah. They have gone transfer crazy. They signed, they announced six signings in the space yeah, of two days. Mad, mad. In fact, one they announced five on one day. Liam Lindsay, Adam Davies, Lee Gregory, Nick Powell, Jordan Cousins and Stephen Ward. Which one of them is the most impressive one for you? Uh, I'd say uh, Liam Lindsay, but I'd sort of, Tilt towards Adam Davis as well. Adam Davis is a very good goalkeeper. As I've, I think I've, I've said it on every podcast so far that I'm very impressed by Adam Davis. Um, and it's good value for money because it's on a free transfer as well. But yeah. obviously, well, they're, they're, all, they're all free apart from Lindsay. Yeah, yeah. So good business so far. Which one's Absolutely. the one you're least impressed with? Um, uh, it's hard to say. Jordan Cousins, I guess. He's just there, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's a steady Championship midfielder. Mm, once. Howard to go quite far when he was at Charlton went to QPR didn't really hear much about him yeah quite unspectacular but you know he might do a job and he, he, he might be there as a backup yeah they well they've clearly seen the gaps in the team that they yeah. need to improve on and they've gone out and done it and just basically ransacked the lower teams right, in yeah, the championship the championship alumni yeah what what do you think they still need though because even though hmm. they have signed these players I still look at Stoke's team and think you need to improve still if you want yes. to get in the playoffs. I mean, Benikafobi was going to pull up trees last season and he didn't. Yeah. Whether he can get the best out of him this season, whether Jones can get the best out of him this season remains to be seen. But yeah. they obviously are lacking a striker who's going to get 15, 20 goals. Yeah. Well, Which is Gregory. a very Dean Saunders thing to say, actually. Like, <laughs> uh, I've fallen into that trap. <laughs> anyway. Well, Lee Gregory's never scored more than 10 goals in the mm-hmm. Championship. But then again, he was playing for Millwall, who don't necessarily create a lot of chances. That's true. Uh, well, when when they were obviously back into League One, he scored her goals for fun in League One. Yeah, and obviously they're one of the they're the bigger teams when they go down there, so they create a lot more chances. So perhaps he might be the man. So you think they need another striker? I looked at their basic team that they used the mm-hmm. most last season and thought right back, left midfield. Would you agree? Potentially, the James McLean. I'm not a fan of James McLean. And think... th- that's got nothing to do with whether he likes to wear poppies or not. No. Let me just put that he's, out there. He's, he's, he's very one-dimensional, but I think he proved last season that he can. he's quite flexible. So yeah. if he needs to play full-back, he'll play full-back or wing-back. Because he played wing-back quite a few times as well. So I think the main aim is to get goals in. Because obviously they've got Ince, yeah. Yeah. who will be a very important player for them next season. Um, if they can get him going, yeah, he, he could be absolutely unreal there, couldn't he? Well, he was in that derby team that did really poorly when yeah. they finished outside the playoffs in um, that season that they had about four managers. Mm. So, you know, I'm thinking he can get well. Nathan Jones can get the best out of him, along with the the squad that they've got together now. Yeah, uh, as I say, I think two players off being a Premier League team the the thing is not a Premier League team promotion challenging team <laughs> uh, the, the thing is though I look at these players and if Stoke do want to go up mm-hmm. they need to be signing players who should be in the Premier League not players who are good championship players do you know what I mean I, I think guess. Liam Lindsay and Adam Davies mm-hmm. could play in the Premier League not sure about any of the other four I think the draw is out on Nick Powell yeah I mean okay. he, is, he is hitting an age where he needs to be I guess he needs to be more consistent and play more games obviously I think the stat is well in his three years at Wigan, he only made ninety-two appearances, which is quite short of. That is down to injuries, though. Isn't it? Yeah, injuries. It doesn't. It doesn't help. But if he wants to be a top, top player, and if you want to be competing in the Premier, uh, for, well, for promotion to the Premier League, you need players who are going to be in the thirty, forty games. Yeah. For the whole season. Yeah. But let's move on to the team who have done the second most business so far, the second most noticeable business so far. That's Bristol City. They've signed Jada Silva, yeah. uh, Dan Bentley, Sammy Schmodix, soon to be Thomas Kalash. 
it's impressive, isn't it? Jada Silva really took me back. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was out on on Wednesday and I, I I saw that and I was like, wait, what? Is it yeah. a loan? And then oh, it's a permanent. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a great signing, especially for Bristol. I'm surprised Chelsea let him go, especially with the talk of Lampard going there. I know Marcus Marcus Alonso has been linked away with moves, so perhaps Jada Silva could have slotted in. Yeah. So that is surprising. But he's, a, he's only a young lad still, yeah. and was obviously there last season, so he knows what it's like. Yeah. And I imagine he'd be in the Premier League sooner or later. I wouldn't yeah, he? you'd have thought that, but obviously Bristol City have done an absolute number getting him in. Yeah, in permanent. Well, the only the, the, basically signing Kalash as well would basically mean they've got the same defense yeah. from last season, and it was one of the best defense in the league. So only mm-hmm. four teams conceded fewer goals than them last season. Yeah. So really. If they keep that defence, I know Adam Webster's being linked with a move away, mm-hmm. but they keep that defence, that's a solid foundation to build on. Yeah, absolutely. And we could see them in the playoffs next season, which is something they've missed out, out yeah, on in a couple of last seasons. Once we get round to it, when we do the uh, the full table, yeah. um, I, I, I fancy Bristol City to compete for the top six again, maybe even further, because the, the way they're going about their business, it you know, is, is you know, straight to the point. Yeah. They still need more going forward, though, don't they? Yeah, they're, they're, they're a striker short, I think. Deju isn't going to get you 15, 20 goals. You need a, you need a man up there who's, who's going to do that. Um, they have signed Schmodix, though, haven't they? And he's he scored 14 goals last season for Colchester. Yeah. But he was in League Two. So mm-hmm. do you think he'll make that step up? Uh, you'd hope so. He's been touted for a couple of summers now. He's been linked with teams you know, for a few transfer windows. Uh, will he will he be the man to push Bristol City into top six maybe you know you're sort of leaning on players like I don't know Vyman Jeju it's Patterson as well so that's not screaming promotion to me those mm, three I, I guess not as I say that I think they are a strike short mm. but yeah I, I, as, as we say I think that defence really looks like one of the best defences in the league now especially with Bentley being signed as well because they were using Nicky Mayampa, weren't they? They had four keepers last season, I think. Yeah. There's Fitfield in Mayampa, uh there's the younger lad O'Leary. Yeah. Yeah. Um and there's I am sure that was another one. But yeah. yeah, four keepers in one season is quite And none of them were really screaming to me, This is one of the best keepers in the league. Yeah. Dan Bentley. Every time I've seen him he seems to make a mistake, but he is a solid keeper, isn't he? Especially at championship level. Yeah. And you know, he, he very much sits into the ethos of playing out from the back. Um, and hopefully he him going to Bristol will settle that position down because I think most teams that, that tend to go up in the top two have a keeper for the whole season. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Sheffield United and Norwich had Krull and Henson the whole way through. Um, and that very much sets a solid foundation. If they lost Webster, how big a blow would that be? I think we've seen that Bristol City are more than capable of replacing players. Webster... Is you know very very important to to Bristol and that and that back four, but you know I, I've I've got my full backing behind Bristol City to be able to replace him if he does go. Yeah, I I really rate Adam Webster. He's one of my mm-hmm. favourite players in the Championship. I, I'm I think if he were to play in the Premier League, he could get in the England team. That's how good I think yeah. he is. And it'd be interesting to see if he gets there with Bristol City or whether they let him go this summer. If they do lose him. I would not be feeling as optimistic as I was after the transfer business they've done so far. But, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, the other... Well, let's move on now to uh, Charlton. We This is unsurprising news completely, but Joe Rebo is gone. The reason I'm bringing it up is because Lee Bowyer suggests that he should have gone to Brentford instead. What, what do you make of that? You can see his, his thought behind it. Yeah, the reason he said was, how many players do you see go from Rangers mm-hmm. to the Premier League. And I kind of get what he means. Because there hasn't been any recently, has there? Uh, I do remember a few Rangers fans sort of piping up and, and listening. I can't remember exactly who they are, but none that are really sticking out as yeah. such. Not for a while. I know some mentioned Stephen Naismith and Stephen Davis. Yeah, but, but we're was, talking that was a while ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And people, people always say Van Dijk, Wanyama. They... That was com- they're completely different, aren't they? They're yeah, they're very good players. Very good players. Um, so yeah, that that would that's a weird one that Bowyer's come out and said that. But imagine if he had gone to Brentford, mm-hmm. unreal, wouldn't it? That would have been a very good sign for Brentford. I, I'm, I'm surprised, given that Brentford have got a very good 
uh, track record of bringing players in and then going to bigger clubs for a lot of money. I am surprised he cho- he's chosen Rangers. Maybe it's the Gerard pull bringing him in, perhaps. Yeah. Um, it sounds like Rangers have gone all out to get him because they know how highly rated he is. Yeah, perhaps. Um, you'd have thought. Yeah, you. I don't know. I sort of get. I sort of get what Barry's saying now. More the more I think about it, you know, looking at the Rangers squad, doesn't scream um, greatness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they have signed two players: Tom Lockyer from Bristol Rovers and Chuck Saniki from MK Dons. Yep. Do you care? Uh, I don't know too much about them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom Lockyer is a mid centre back. Yes, centre back who can play in midfield. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. And Chuck Zaniki is kind of a attacking midfielder. I know Chuck Zaniki more so from my football manager exploits. <laughs> he, he's a he's a good goal scorer at lower league. Whether or not he can step up to a championship is is another question. This um, seems like they're just making up the numbers. I mean, they're at good ages. I think they're, they're both around twenty four. Yeah. So they're they're at good ages. Um, Chuck Zaniki again. He he came up for the Arsenal academy, so he's obviously got pedigree. In that sense, obviously, I don't know too much about Tom Lockyer, but you know, in Bowie we trust. Yeah, I'm still not too optimistic about Charlton's chances. We have been really ripping into them, haven't we? We have, but it's it's not their fault. <laughs> yeah, it's not their fault. It's the chairman's. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Luton. They've lost yeah. James Justin. Mm-hmm. He's gone to Leicester, and we were saying before when we were talking about the promoted yeah. teams how big a blow this is and it looks even worse now that he's actually gone do you know what i mean yeah i guess but i think i, I mentioned it like they're they're well equipped to replace him now they've got a lot of money for him their um their recent um history of producing fullbacks is 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 you know second to none you know they've got players like mac Aarons, um james justin obviously and there's another one jada silver Came yeah. through the Luton Academy, so you know maybe they can replace him with someone who's already in academy, or they can go out and sign someone else. Speaking of fullbacks, Jack Stacey has also been linked with a move away. Mm-hmm. Those two were pivotal to Luton's yeah. promotion last season. Jack Stacey, I think we were just talking about it before the pod. Yeah. He won the Player of the Season award. Surprise, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they lose both of them, mm-hmm. where does that leave them? Without two fullbacks. Great, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, they, there's a lot to do in terms of replacing them. They're both at, they're both relatively young, um, but as I say, Luton are more than well equipped to replace, especially getting the fee that they did for James Justin. Jack Stacey might no, not go for as much, but you know the Championship, especially with Luton, they've, they've shown that with their recruitment that they can bring in players to take them to the next level, and I'm, I'm sure they can do the same again. I'm not as positive about Luton's chances if they were to lose both of them. I would even go as far to say Barnsley to finish above Luton next season. I mean, I, I, I perhaps edge towards that anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I break Barnsley quite highly. So. Yeah, same. And we were talking about it last week. The bookies don't seem to rate them at all. But they, I, they, they I, don't know. They don't know. What do they know? Uh, they have Sam Martin Craney, mm-hmm. which good time. Do you think? I think so. Yeah. I'd, I, I very much he, he's been a squad player all his career and he's he's going to Luton that I mean before James uh, before Justin went I thought you know they've got a young group uh, group of fullbacks there that um, experience could help them yeah. stay in the championship next season do you yeah think? as I say Craney is is very experienced especially at championship level obviously got promoted with Sheffield United last season was judging by the sort of two week long piss up they went on he seemed a good character as well and very well liked in the Sheffield United squad. Not surprised he got released, obviously. Yeah, but he, he is old now, isn't he? I think he's only about 32. He's 34. I don't think he's that old. Either way, anyway, he's getting on. Yeah, but you know, he, he showed at Sheffield United that he can step in because he played. I think he played wing back at points, and obviously they played that three at the back, and obviously he slotted in at centre half as well. So I think it's a very good signing for Luton. Cool. Let's move on to Millwall, Justin. Millwall have got a keeper. Yes, it's a dream. It's a dream. 
thank God. How have they gone this long without a keeper? Yeah. And when they, when I say they've signed a keeper, it's Frank Fielding. Oh mm. no. <laughs> doesn't doesn't feel your confidence. He's he's been a good keeper at this level. Um, but he's, that was many he's, years ago. He's has he been a good keeper? I have never particularly rated him. I mean, he was called up to an England squad once under Fabio Capello. So. That was when he was like 21. Does it ever leave you? So did Scott Loach, Alex ah, Smithies. Yeah, okay, I get your point. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> move on quick. Yeah, I, I'm not particularly. This doesn't make me feel like Millwall are going to escape relegation next season. I mean, Millwall might sign another keeper. Well, they need to sign another keeper. Yeah, but they were going to get Bartosz Bielkowski from mm-hmm. Ipswich, which I would have thought would be a good signing because I always rate Bielkowski. Yeah, but Mainly so- from when I used to watch Lute, uh, Luton, Ipswich, mm-hmm. and he was single-handedly saving points. It was amazing. It was, it was a lot different last season. He was statistically the worst keeper, I think. But I'm going to stick with the Bielkowski that I remember from that Ipswich season. <laughs> He he was unbelievable that season. I can't put it into words. Well, he won Player of the Year quite a lot. Yeah, because he's brilliant. He was awful with his feet, but would save everything. It was amazing. But <laughs> fielding, not for me. Uh, no. No. And the squad's still looking weak. They mm-hmm. are apparently linked with uh, Conor Mahoney. Yeah. Does that inspire you? Uh, not particularly. I think it, it would be a good signing, but... The weird, the, the weird thing with Millwall, especially this transfer window, is they've been linked with a lot of players with high fees. Obviously, yeah. we saw the link with Jamal Lowe. I think that's two two million. They're obviously going for Conor Mahoney, who won't be cheap. No, and they've also been linked with uh, Kiefer Moore for three million, and that doesn't scream to me. I, he, Neil Harris is now in a position where he's got to build a build a squad completely from scratch again. Mm. You know they're down to really low numbers, being linked with players for two or three million and rinsing your budget on those players. Not necessarily the best best thing going forward. They need to be smarter than what they're sort of being linked with. It might all be false. They need to sign good players. Is what you're saying? Oh well, yeah, they're, 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 <laughs> they're being linked with good players, but the recruitment previously looking like Lee Gregory. I know he's left on the free, but he could have left last summer or the summer before for two or three million. Yeah. So, I just I think the strategy is flawed for a, for a club the size of Millwall and where they, where they might compete. Yeah, and the fact that they've lost Gregory mm-hmm. is just a real blow, isn't yeah. it? Because they need a striker. Yeah. And they need it quick. I mean, got, they need a lot of things in that team. Yeah, they've got Tom Elliott, but he didn't pull up trees. No. And Lee Gregory was the source of goals, along with Jake Cooper, who's a centre back. Yeah, good centre back. He's a very good centre back, but you don't want to look to your centre half for goals. Yeah, yeah. Cardiff have signed Will Volks, yep. Curtis Nelson, and Joe Day. Volks is obviously the standout signing yeah. there. Are you impressed? Um, I am, but it, those three signings, they, it screams Neil Warnock. <laughs> <laughs> They've got Neil Warnock. All over him. What, what do you mean? Long throw. <laughs> Curtis Nelson, bit of a no-nonsense centre-half. And Joe Day, lower league keeper, who's a bit like... I wouldn't say a bit like Paddy Kenny, because Paddy Kenny was in his own. Um, but, you know, coming from lower leagues to the Championship. And he's a good keeper. I saw him in the FA Cup last season um, for Newport against Leicester, and he yeah. saved everything. Yeah. He was quality. Um, so that, you know... It's a good signing, maybe as a backup or if Everidge goes, he might step in. I just lo- love the thought of contract negotiations. Joe Day asks Neil Warnock, why Why do you want to sign me, Neil? Oh, you remind me of Paddy Kenny. You remind me of Paddy. <laughs> uh, Everidge might be going, though. Mm-hmm. So if that were to happen, I imagine Joe Day would be the number one keeper. I did forget Alex Smithers is there. So I perhaps, completely forgot about yeah, that as well. So I think Smithers might step up or Joe Day might, might go in because Smithers, I think... Every time I've seen Smithers, like Daniel Bentley, he's always made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk, let's just quickly talk a bit more about Volks mm-hmm. because that is the big money signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was the standout player, really, for Rotherham last season, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, Rotherham, I wouldn't say they were unlucky to go down, but the, the squad that they had was, they, they spent 
hardly any money. They got the very best out of the players that they had. Will Volks was very much the spearhead and centre of that. He's a player that I've rated very, very highly. Mm. Um, and I'd love to have seen him at my club, but didn't quite happen, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Blackburn have signed Stuart Downing on a free. Do you think this is a bit of shrewd business? Because I, I mm. think this might actually work out to be a decent signing. Yeah, it's it's hard to sort of tell what football Blackburn play, but I think Stuart Downing will very much fit into fit into that. Obviously, he's back with Danny Graham, Borough boys. Yay! <laughs> Get the band back together. Yeah. Um, so whether or not they can link up, uh, you know, is another thing. But I think it's a, it's it's definitely an astute signing. Yeah. And Forrest have signed Sammy Amiobi. Yeah. Weird one, that. <laughs> he's one of those players who, when you see him live, he stands out because his limbs are just flying all he's, over the he place. He doesn't look like an actual footballer, just no. how long he is. He but, doesn't look real. No, you know. <laughs> but saying that, sometimes he just come up with a spectacular. Like, he goes on these mazy dribbles. Yeah, um, he has got ability. Well, we tweeted a video yeah. of one of the goals he scored. And when I was basically trying to find a video to tweet, I kept seeing these amazing goals that Sammy Amiobi yeah. scored. But he doesn't seem to do it very often. He's mm. just inconsistent, isn't he? Yeah, but I think he's about 26 now. He needs to be... He seems like he's should be older than that. He feels like he's been around for ages. No, that shoulder. Oh. <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> But yeah, Sammy Obi, Amy Obi does look like a cartoon drawing who's come to life. Yeah. But let's move on to transfer rumours. Birmingham look like they're about to lose Shea Adams. He's mm. apparently, Birmingham have, ex- have accepted a £16 million bid from Southampton. We have spoken about this before, yeah. but losing him and Yotta in one transfer window and their manager would pretty much be a disaster for Birmingham, wouldn't it? Um, given how influential Sheridan's was last season and his link-up play with Jukovic was, you know, was quality. Yeah. Um, they are losing a, a big, big player, which states the obvious. But having your manager leave as well, who got the best out of, you know, Jukovic and Adams, it's a bit, it is a big worry. Yeah. I'm still not on the Birmingham's get relegated bandwagon. No. We tweeted a. a basically a picture of the odds for next season mm-hmm. for the relegation odds and people were saying oh Birmingham look a big price I'm still not on that train yet because they've still got some decent players yeah. but they need to replace the ones they've lost uh, I mean it it really does depend how much manoeuvre manoeuvring they've got in the the transfer budget yeah because we all know the financial fair play issues last season whether or not they can carry on signing players not for big money but it's gonna take a, a, it's gonna take a big money sign to replace the influence that Sheridan's had, yeah. Unless they, you know, recruit smart, similar to what Stoke have done really. So, not quite on that bandwagon yet, but I'm teetering. Yeah, Yotta and Adams though, that's two quality players mm-hmm. who they've lost, and now their squad's looking a bit bare. Well, we said before that they just didn't have the squad depth. That's probably why they teetered away from the playoff race. I mean, they got the deduction anyway. Ignoring the big points deduction. That, that didn't help either. Um, but they did sort of teeter away, and that, that is perhaps down to squad depth. Yeah. And okay. now they've lost those two players. Mm. Leeds are pretty much the team who have been the busiest in the transfer window without actually really doing too much yet. Yeah. <laughs> they are looking like they're going to lose Jack, uh, Jack Clark, mm-hmm. but reports this morning yeah. seem like he might be heading back on loan, which... Works out for all parties, really, I suppose, doesn't it? I think so, but I think I saw some Leeds fans sort of tweet a couple of stats about Jack Clark. He didn't, I think he completed 90 minutes twice. Yeah, he only season. started three games last season. Yeah, I think. so. He is only 17, though. True. However, did he really need him on loan? No. I think I think they can they can get better, but he, he obviously is a talent, and maybe going back to Leeds is, is a good thing for him. But saying that, he's only going back on loan, so there's not really a a need to play him like there was last season because now they've got the money to replace him. Yeah. Well, the thing is as well, they've been linked with Jack Harrison and Helder yeah. Costa on loan, mm-hmm. who are obviously both wingers themselves. Yeah. So that would be three on loan wingers and I don't think they need Clark, as we say. Yeah, it's obviously Jack Harrison. Well, Jack Harrison had a much bigger impact than Clark last season. 
Yeah, Clark. You, you bought, you bought some great vocals. It wasn't, I, I'm it not inspired by ones. Jack Harrison at all. No, but obviously he set up the goal for Roof in the playoff final first and that leg, was which, which, which was a really good Ridiculous ball. So he, he, pass. Does, he does have quality and ability. Leeds might not be the right club for him, but Bielsa is going back for him, so he obviously sees something in him. Yeah, I, I think he could be brilliant at Leeds if he mm-hmm. was just a bit more consistent. Yeah, and City have given him a new contract for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though he's twenty three, twenty four, yeah. and they clearly. Actually, I was going to say they clearly see something in him, but they don't. Cause he's not going to play. They're probably just maximising his value. Yeah, and the thing is, he he's part of this big network Syndicate. by the city. Yeah, where they own New York City, which is where they signed Jack Harrison yeah. from. It's very weird, but Helder Costa could turn out to be one of the yeah best players in the Championship next season. I think when we when we first spoke about it, I was a bit unsure but thinking more about it have a bit more time and obviously the, the transfer itself is progressing I think it'd be a great sign yeah. um, he's a good player especially at this level um, so yeah I think that would be a, an excellent sign that might be the push Leeds need just based on his quality alone Yeah, Calvin Phillips looks like he could be going though yeah I, I don't know it, I mean it's sort of, it came up at the very start of June and sort of went quiet for a bit and it's they apparently sub- Villa apparently submitted a bid on Friday, yeah. I think, though, according to reports, we should say. Always with a pinch of salt. But <laughs> and I the mean, papers this morning are saying Villa are ready to go to twenty million pounds, which would probably be about right, wouldn't it? You'd have to say no, given that. I mean, I rate I rate Calvin Phillips really highly. I think he's one of the most important players for Leeds. Especially in that system, we see a lot, rely a lot of reliance on certain defensive mid, uh, well, I say sort of anchor players, and they're very very hard to replace. So, uh, would it impact Leeds going up next season? Potentially going up next season, maybe, but getting twenty million for for him, I don't think they'll do better than that. No, no, that's about right. Uh, they've also been linked with Gianluigi Buffon and Dimitri Payet. Who's been taking drugs, Justin? Yeah. <laughs> and the Leeds fans as well. I don't want to have a go at the Leeds fans on Twitter too much, but there were loads who really thought this was going to happen. <laughs> they did a someone did a team of what Leeds could look like next season, oh, yes, and it so. had <laughs> had Pye in it. I was like, okay, this team looks alright. Dimitri Pye, what? <laughs> that there are weirder things that have happened though. Edgar David turning up at Crystal Palace. Yes, was mad. So <laughs> that that it could have happened. Yeah, it, it probably won't. It won't. Well, Buffon looks like he's going back to Juventus now. Not that I ever really thought it was going to happen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Well done, everyone. Preston could be losing Callum mm. Robinson. Uh, Norwich apparently bid six million yesterday. Preston denied it. Would you be willing to sell Callum Robinson for ten million? Say, he's in that bracket. I remember. Ends going to Huddersfield for ten million. I thought that's about right. Um, so I think that sort of that cost would be about right. I think six million is a bit too low because Callum Robinson again, still relatively young. He's been quite consistent over the last couple of seasons. Um, so I think ten million would be just about right, rather than six. Okay, QPR could be about to lose mm. uh, Luke Freeman to Sheffield United. I thought this was going to go and get announced last week, but it's still not. Yeah. But it looks like it's only a matter of time, really. QPR apparently look like they're ready to sell most of their key players. Massimo Luongo is apparently up for sale as well. Mm-hmm. Matt Smith is another one who could be up for sale. The human tree. <laughs> if, if they lose Luke Freeman, it's a big blow though, isn't it? Yeah, I was a big fan of Freeman last season. I think if Only I for could, four million as yeah, well. Yeah, if I could dream up a squad of championship players, Luke Freeman would be in there. Really? Yeah, absolutely. He created a lot of chances for QPR last season. And in a QPR team that wasn't necessarily excellent or brilliant. They were just there or thereabouts, mid table, below yeah. mid table. So you know, they very much got the best out of the best out of him. Um, and he's quite flexible as well. He's, I know he's played out wide before, and he's played behind the striker. So I think losing him next, going in, going into next season, especially for four million, four million is scandalous. That isn't yeah. it? It's daylight robbery. 
You see, yeah, you see players that aren't that good going for more. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely unbelievable. And if they lose him, then QPR are edging closer towards relegation, if you ask me. Yeah, I, 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 I rate Mark Warburton. Of, yeah, absolutely. But, it's a bit of a worry. Yeah, the squad's looking pretty dire. I mean, it looked pretty dire last season. And it was saved by Hemed and Naki Wells coming in. And they've lost them. And they've lost them. Yeah. About to lose Freeman, who's mm-hmm. the best player. Luongo going... And there's a lot of teams that are looking in yeah. dire straits at the moment. I guess I guess with QPR, their their hands are very much tied behind the back financially. So they're they're on a they're on the boat where they've got to recruit smart. Maybe they're waiting for everything to sort of settle down first before they start bringing in players. But losing Freeman would be a big blow. Losing Longo. Not be, as much, but still a blow. Yeah, still a blow because he's. I think he uh, showing that he was a good player last season, but definitely replaceable. Yeah, West Brom looked like they're about to lose Craig Dawson. He's said to have had a medical at Watford. Yeah, and that leaves. I was going to say a gap in their defence, but it doesn't really because they've got Bartley and Higazi. Mm-hmm. Not two players I particularly rate, but they're suitable enough for West Brom, aren't they? Yeah. They they played for the back quite often last season, yeah. Which, to some extent, might have hindered them. Mm. And it's um, a new manager now. We don't know what he's going to play. Yeah, yeah. He might come in and play with fullbacks, but Dawson going frees up a lot of money on the wage on the wage bill. Four and a half million is quite low given last season. I think it was like six million. So still still low compared to the fees last season that was towered. Yeah, um, which. You might have grabbed the money and ran, knowing that he'd only go for four, what, six million this season. Yeah, uh, Blackburn, who we've already spoken about, they've been linked with Sam Gallagher, the perennial championship loanee striker. Yeah, he's, he's always he's always on a loan. He's always somewhere, and he's just never done it. No, but he did do quite well a couple of seasons ago at Blackburn. Did he? They they went down, but he was one of the standout players. He's never. Been, he's always been touted for good things, but just never done it. I, I perhaps a permanent move would be the best thing for him. I know he he came in um, last season at Southampton under Hassan Hootel, played him a bit more. Didn't look ter- massively spectacular, but he's a good player at Championship level. Mm. And I think Stuart Downing crossing into oh, stop and it, Sam Gallagher, headers galore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Borough could be losing. Paddy McNair to mm. Celtic. We were talking about this a couple of days ago. Yeah. And this screams to me like Paddy McNair will go to Celtic and then someone like, I don't know, Palace will <laughs> pay like 12, million for, 12 million for him and realise actually he's he's all right. He's not great, but yeah. we've massively overspent here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, yeah, that, that's definitely one of them sort of transfers. A bit like, I don't know, they Palace have done that quite a lot with players, but I think Borough to lose him now would be quite a blow given their threadbare squad. But one thing they do not lack is big, tall players that play in the middle of the park. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't really play last season, though, did he? No, he, he, when he did play, he played wing back, didn't he? Yeah, which, which is the most Tony Pulis thing yeah. on it. <laughs> I play someone who's six foot three at wing back. Yeah, that'll get goals. And uh, just finally to round up transfer uh, rumours, Harry Arter is apparently going to Fulham. Apparently he's Stephen... Stephen? Scott Brown's brother-in-law, which I didn't know. Who's Scott Parker? Who did I say? Scott Brown. We talk about Celtic, that's why. Scott Parker's brother-in-law. Family helps, I guess. Put a word in. Would you be a fan of this transfer? I mean, Harry Hart is very much... He's a definition of ball-winning midfielder. (laughs) Gets a lot of yellow cards. Good in midfield, but... I guess for the wages Fulham will pay, I, I don't see it as a, you know, astute signing. Yeah, and we still don't know who's going to be playing for Fulham last season, uh, next season. And so, I think that just about comes to the end. One question I did want to ask you though, Justin, is yeah. out of all the teams in the Championship, who do you think needs to do the business the most? Is that a trick question? No. Melbourne. Oh, fair enough. Simple <laughs> <laughs> <a good> answer. <laughs> I, I was thinking Birmingham. I think Birmingham need to get some people in after especially losing two of their key players. Yeah, but you've already mentioned the fact that they've still not 
in the you still don't think they're sort of relegation candidates, but Millwall they yeah. do not have anybody. <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> Where are all our teammates? Yeah, there's, there's only they've got one striker. It's not great. Yeah, Matt Smith, Millwall. It's got to happen, hasn't it? We should we should, we should make this transfer rumor. Yeah, I mean, it might actually happen. <laughs> great stuff right I think that comes to the end then next week we're going to be talking about the teams relegated mm-hmm. from uh, the champion Premier League from the Premier League <laughs> so we'll be talking about Fulham who will hopefully have a clear idea of who's going to be there next season they might make a signing or even sell a player they need to do something don't they, they? need to do a lot it's getting crazy anyway let's talk about that next week we still have loads of lined up before the start of the season yep. we'll do another transfer roundup in a couple of weeks and also of course the league table which will look awful at the end of next season well guys if you could please remember to subscribe and recommend this to anyone who might be interested in championship football we are on spotify we're on soundcloud hopefully we'll be on apple Podcasts soon as well so make sure you subscribe and also turn on your notifications so you know when we put out an episode we're hopefully going to be doing them every sunday when the season actually kicks in so that has been the second tier podcast i'm ryan dilks i'm justin peach thank you for listening acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, but you, you were different. Like you were real different. Bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.